we've now officially lost all our audience. All right, welcome to Bonehead. This week's episode, we try to make it through and uh, and make it entertaining. We're failing miserably already. We failed miserably already, and for forty previous episodes, or ever how many there are. So this week's episode's topic is hidden gems. Hidden gems, movies that we love that we don't think you all know about. Well, shit, there goes my list. Sapphire gone. Cubic zirconia gone. <laughs> Jade, that to him? Jade. Is, this, is this cubic zirconia? Are those hidden? Um, don't they give those away? Like you want to explain that to him? Jade gone, and that is actually not a hidden gem either. That movie is a pile of crap. Don't what? you ever besmirch the name of CIS dude. This is <laughs> David Caruso. David Caruso. Could have gone NYPD Blue or First Blood. Don't you ever besmirch the name? <laughs> they besmirch. drew First Blood. <laughs> they did it. Or that? What's that? Kiss of Death. Yeah, Kiss of Death's probably not bad. That's where he broke his Nicholas Cage broke his nose. Yeah. Anyway, Let's talk about hidden gems. <laughs> anyway, hidden gems. You know what Kiss of Death is not? Probably not a hidden gem. Yeah. So, speaking of it hidden... It wasn't even a French. <laughs> What's that movie with him, with <laughs> Nicholas Cage, and Tommy Lee Jones in the helicopter? Firebirds. Thank you, Joe. All right, let's move on. <sighs> now that we've got that out of the way, Firebirds. Roll credits! Which isn't oh, really a hidden gem. I had a hard time with this one because we've been we've had it up on the board forever of doing our hidden gems of films that we know that are out there that are fantastic that we don't know that most people or the grand big audience is aware of. What do you yeah. think? Yeah. It's not in the cultural zeitgeist? Yes, I was about to say. Yeah, and one of the problems I have with it is is that I know a lot of films that are obscure right. that I like but picking some from that list that I'd be like oh well other people would like these too it's here's hard. my tough one so I, I started reading other people's lists I had what I already knew several of them then I started reading I just googling other people's lists and a lot of them were in the 2000s best case maybe the 90s and I thought, you know, they've been making cinema for quite a while now. Why are they only in the last 20 years? So I started thinking of the, my, some of my favorite movies that are older. And then I, I, couldn't, I couldn't figure out, is that a hidden gem? Or is it just 70 years old nobody remembers? And does that make it a hidden gem? Does that make sense? That, I, I, was went, arguing I went through with, the exact same issue. I was arguing in my head of what's a hidden gem or what's something that's just not as popular anymore. Unless you're in the movies. I honestly don't think we're going to throw out anything that a film geek is not going to know about or have reference to. And, you know, for me, I struggled with it because my original list was movies mainly from the 80s, early 90s, yeah. a couple of movies from the 70s. And I felt like I was leaving out the modern movies, so I actually went back and revised my list. And I have a movie that's a hidden gem that was released seven months ago. Oh, well, there you go. It's probably one of his favorites of the Christmas episode. <laughs> I say, does it involve a maze? A maze? Wait, the Christmas episode, we talked about the Christmas Carol for a whole hour. Does it? I don't give a crap. <laughs> he don't give a turkey. When the bandit and the snowman... are on the move. No one can stop us. We should do a whole episode of Smokey and the Bandit. You know, that was one that's talking... Or at least road pictures. Talking car about... Pictures. Talking about that, though. It's I, on I the list. It's on the list, yes. Why it's number three on the list. Talking about car pictures, though, the amount of people that don't know Smokey and the Bandit anymore is troubling to me. Well, you know, and it came out the same year as... 
the water coming down that we can yeah, hear you're, right you're, now. You're, you're, the Star Wars. The Star Wars. Second highest grossing picture of the year, right? Was Smokey and the Bandit. A certain Star Wars. Yeah, Smokey and the Bandit. Was I would two. like some hush puppies. We, we ain't, ain't got time for that crap. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and get started. So I had a really hard time with my list because I didn't know what to put. And we're going to do, I just found, we just talked about it before the show and I didn't know. Oh yeah, really quick. Today, as we tape this, is May the 4th. May the 4th be with you for my other fellow geeks out there. That's uh, that's going to be real time, like three weeks from now when this airs. Yeah. I don't care. I don't get it. See, there was a thing called Star Wars. You were too busy watching Smokey and the Bandit <laughs> when it came out. I'd rather be watching Smokey and the Bandit. Oh my god. Why wasn't Smokey the Bandit 2 called uh, The Sheriff Strikes Back? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but it'd have been hilarious. Oh my god. The, the... Smokey, I am your daddy. I prefer Smokey. I'm going to go home and punch your sister straight in the mouth. Now, I prefer Smokey and the Bandit 3 to The Phantom Menace. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. that's fair. Just saying. Yeah. It's fair. Jerry yeah. Reed. Uh, you know what made The Phantom Menace better? Jerry Reed. Jerry Reed. Jerry Reed. Jerry, Jerry Reed. Reed driving a semi, running over Jar Jar. Oh, no, no. no. made that movie Even so better. much better. No offense meant to Ahmed Best, who did Jar Jar, but if that would have been Jerry Reed, I don't care that the lines are bad. That just would have been entertaining. He was too busy. And then if he broke out a song, like in the middle of it, like the Scooby-Doo episode he <laughs> yeah. did, Pretty Mary Sunshine, she's all right with me. Look it up, kids. All this Pretty stuff Pretty Sunshine. Hidden Damn, gem number one. To it. Sorry. Joe, go. Oh, my God. Well, oh my God the pod race scene would have been awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. Bandit one. <laughs> oh, my God. A song about Anakin having to race with Jar Jar yeah. as a journey and Jar Jar. Jar. And Anakin Tatooine down, loaded up and trucking. <laughs> I know this isn't in the We're going to do it 12 parsecs. <laughs> I know this is not in Smoking and Abandoned, but I just got a, uh, the... We got a great big convoy. <laughs> a C.W. McCall. Uh, oh my By the way, the fact that I know all of this and still manage somehow for somebody to go, no, give him a Ph.D. Yeah, I know. He just wanted to drop that he's more educated than the other two boneheads. Or I other three boneheads. I did want to drop hey, there's still time for you to I go get your degrees? I don't, uh, I didn't, I didn't mean More to... degrees. Do you have a Ph.D.? I don't either. I didn't mean to drop that. Anybody that listens can tell. I got a nice pH balance. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> you are acidic. This counts as mountain. I've also been wanting to talk to you about your A1C levels. You got the sugar. <laughs> you, got you got the sugars. Anyway. Chad has got the diabetes. Are we going to talk about 10 gins at some point? Oh, not really. Did you say tension? Yeah, what? Tension. I got a lot of tension. High, High tension. tension. High oh, tension. tension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's a, I mean, All right. Not a lot of people know. That's pretty good. Though. Oddly enough, I did not... It, for my number one, I did not mean to go from car picture to car picture, but I'm about to. And I probably stole this one. I didn't know if Chad was going to use it or not, but I think Chad's going to use another one that could kind of be considered a car picture. It has an ambulance in it from the 70s. Oh, man, I was tempted. I bought the poster. I was actually going to say, do you want to hold it up? I got uh, it like a week ago. Oh, well, I'm about oh, oh, cheese. Not yet. Shush. Hey, look, Cosby hasn't that been prison yet. <laughs> Anyway, so my first movie is Used Cars. Used Cars was directed by Robert Zemeckis. Marcus, Robert Zemeckis, and it was written by Robert Zemeckis, Zemeckis and Bob Gale. Now, why would you know those names? What did Robert, Bob Zemeckis, and Bob Gale write together? Hmm. Little movie called 
1941. But on top of that... <laughs> but after that gem... After that gem, they also wrote something called Back to the Future. Oh, I was going to say The Walk. <laughs> no, I don't think Bob Gale ain't going to do that. <laughs> I, think, I think Bob Zemeckis outrose Bob Gale somewhere yeah. along that way. But anyway, they wrote Back to the Future. And for any of you out there who know, Back to the Future is a movie about a spaceman who tries to sleep with his mother. Uh, how does he get Spaceman? I know that I know there's a scene where he's a Vader from the planet Vulcan. So, have you seen used cars? I have seen used cars. Have you seen used cars? Do you Jeez. even need that? I know, I just uh, wanted to say. Palomino. Jesus, Palomino. One of the best movies ever You're going to ride this red... Anyway, so, used cars cast. And this is something I've noticed with my movies, or the ones I picked. The cast, man. Even if they bombed, the cast were awesome. You know, mine has that, mine has that pretty well... Kurt Russell was the star, and this is before Kurt Russell was Kurt Russell. Mm -hmm. I mean, his name was probably Kurt Russell, but he was by no means. Actually, then he was Archibald T. Armstrong. A year later, he would star Snake Plissken, probably in his most successful role. Well, he he been he been he been in a lot of Disney movies, and he's trying to get away from that. He played Elvis in a TV movie directed by John Carpenter. Yeah. But probably his most theatrical successful film would be Escape from New York. After that, Kurt Russell, Jack Mm -hmm. Warden. What would be more successful for that? We got track. When it was overboard, babe. Way after eighty-seven. Yeah. The remake comes yeah. up this week. Yeah, so Jack Warden, Jack Warden, hilarious. Um, Garrett Graham. Garrett Graham would in late was in. Uh, he, if you know, he's in a really famous cult movie called The Phantom of the Paradise that some people love. Uh, Frank Murray was the mechanic who refused to get in a car that was. Uh, no, uh, Garrett Graham refused to get in a car that was red. Right. Yeah. Was, yeah. Eric Graham went on to also be in a certain other show, correct? Police Academy 6. Star Trek? Everybody was in Star Trek. Eric Graham, if I'm not mistaken, plays a Vulcan in Enterprise. Yeah, everybody's in Star Trek. Joe Flaherty, who we would know from uh, uh, David Lander or Mike McKeon. That was Lenny and Squiggy. They were both in it. So, Al Lewis. Al Lewis was the judge, the hanging judge. Al Lewis played Grandpa in The Monsters. Did you say Jack Warden? Yes, I said Jack okay, Warden. I, I said Jack Warden after Kurt Russell. I blanked out on you. Anyway, Used Cars is a is a very dirty movie. <laughs> and by dirty, I mean there's a lot of F words. Uh, dirty, dirty, dirty topless boy. women. <sighs> trying to think. It's it's, it's 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 it was a probably a hard R for eighty. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah. And it's about a guy, two twin brothers, they own used cars used car lots. One of them, Royal Elf. They're both the Fuchs brothers. One owns a really successful lot over here. The other one owns and is dishonest and pays off politicians. Why not? The other one's over here. He's an honest guy, small lot. He has a heart condition. The rich brother is paying the city for the new interstate to go through his brother's lot so he'll have prime real estate. Well, he finds out that it's not going to go through his brother's lot. It's going to go through his lot. So he actually hires a stunt driver to try to uh, kill his brother and cause a heart attack, which it does. Mm-hmm. Kurt Russell is a salesman for him who's trying to buy his way into Congress. Everybody in the movie is a scumbag except for the guy that dies with a heart attack. Right. Correct? Correct. Everybody in the movie is a scumbag. Everybody's well, no, trying the mechanic's to... a good guy. Who falls asleep, who's a narcoleptic. Yes. And you do scenes with him holding a blowtorch. Right, but, but I mean, but in all fairness, that's not his fault. He has a medical condition. Well, we yeah. never bonehead supports narcoleptics. We have to; they'll fall on the ground. <laughs> so will you if you stand up right now? Oh! 
For you all that don't know, I have a condition. It's called <laughs> assholishness. <laughs> Four friends. No, nobody knows that. You just don't suffer from assholishness. Mm. Oh, anyway. I suffer from it. I'm surrounded by it. <laughs> Anyway, he so from the cup. this sounds like a really convoluted plot. He fell is. in the damn well, <laughs> drowning. And we still when he says drowning, he hits a whole new level. And I was watching an episode the other day, and you say that a guitar. You say guitar. You uh, literally. Sir, you're lucky. Swear to. Swear sir, to God, sir. it's guitar, sir, not guitar. You, you are lucky it is not get fiddle when I say <laughs> get, get fiddle. fiddle. Honest to God, if you just said get fiddle in that one point, you would have sounded less rednecky than guitar. I come from a long line of white trash, sir. Hey, are you okay? Coming this summer, John Travolta. Get fiddle. Get fiddle. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, used cars. Oh, Travolta wouldn't be who I would cast. I picture more John Turturro. <laughs> kind of a Coen brother film. The reason I picked used cars is also it was also produced by Steven Spielberg, and they sold. They couldn't get it done at Universal, and the head of Columbia at the time had actually worked as a used car salesman. Read the script, laughed out loud, said, "Yeah, I totally get it." <laughs> <laughs> and then they made sold. the movie. And then they didn't really care for the movie, and it didn't really get a good release, even though it tested well, and it ended up being a bomb that I feel that most people don't remember. Yeah, Specifically, don't... the only thing Bob Zemeckis directed that people remember less is probably his first film, I Want to Hold Your Hand, which I've actually never seen. I've actually never seen which it Which is about kids trying to get into a Beatles concert. Right. Oh, no, I have seen that one. Have you? Yes, I have. I've never seen it. You know what? No that... one remembers used cars. A friend of mine who James and I work with us, like used cars, you know, and he's a film geek. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, it's such a great film. I mean, it's just one of those movies that I've it's watched a, over and over it's again. It's a funny movie if you have a dark sense of humor and you don't have a problem with topless women in the F word, then you should check out yes. used cars. And Fair if you're enough. a fan of Kurt Russell yep. and topless women in the F word, did I get that? <laughs> did I get that in there enough? Yeah. Have I sold used cars enough? Is there anything else you always want to add to it? No, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Why James. didn't they do a sequel called New Cars? Well, wouldn't the original been new and then the sequel have been used? Oh, and then prequel. Oh, prequel, New Cars. Before somebody else gets them. <laughs> <laughs> Why isn't Hollywood calling us? We striked first. Depreciation. <laughs> Use cars too. Depreciation. James, what do you got? Oh, you want me to go yeah, next? I'll go. I'll, I'll go. go ahead. Why you, don't you want to go next? I can go next. I just was being polite. Yeah, we were, why? Well, I'll, I'll well, go no point starting now. A lot of people know what followed it, but Django. Yeah, I think um, you're right. I think people know Tarantino's Django, but. So, Franco Nero, if you have seen Tarantino's Django, the scene where he's at the bar and he goes up and he goes. You know, Django, the D is silent. Mm -hmm. The guy that says, yeah, I know, is Franco Nero, who played the original Django. Um, and the song that Tarantino uses in the beginning is the original song for Django. Mm -hmm. um, the movie itself, uh, there have been, if you're into spaghetti westerns and Italian-made westerns and all that stuff, there have been about 40 Django films. Only two were made by Sergio uh, Corbucci. And uh, Sergio Corbucci made Django and was a... Somewhere, Mr. Corbucci's head's exploding because James is saying it wrong. Oh, I know. Guitar! Guitar! Um, <laughs> Get a fiddle! 
And Sergio Corbucci loves Franco Nero. They did a lot of films together. They only did two Django films, but there were tons of imitators to this. And if you play video games, any video games, Western themes, there's allusions to this. The best known one, uh, Red Dead Revolver, which was the first of the Red Dead Redemption series on the old system, has a villain that carries his machine gun and a um, coffin. Coffin. Oh, and by, that is a great. It just that scene when he shows up and he's dragging a coffin. It's just yeah. great. Have you seen it? Um, yet? I have not seen it. Oh, take it with you. So the with you this the beginning of the it. movie, uh, he 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 finds this woman being assaulted by bandits, yeah. and you first see him. He literally he doesn't have a horse. He's poor. He's beat down. You don't know anything about him. And you just see this guy coming over the hill dragging a coffin behind him. No explanation. Nothing else. And then he gets in to the uh, basically a fight with these guys to save this woman. Um, if you know the Man With No Name series and all that stuff that Sergio Leone did, uh, Corbucci said that Leone had Clint Eastwood. I had Franco Nero. And he said, I want to have traded him. Um, the difference is that the man with no name, Clint Eastwood's character, is kind of this cool, suave, not suave, but he's cool, and he always seems to have the hand up and all that stuff. I'd say he's suave. Um, you would. Django he does that he'd have a deboner. <laughs> Swave and, and deboner. Django, though, it's it's a really uh, great movie. It's it's got a lot of the spaghetti western stuff in it, mm, but it's meatballs. just uh, if you've seen the Quentin Tarantino version, you're gonna see stuff that is echoed in it. It's not no, the same like movie, it. but this movie, I just enjoyed the heck out of it. And they did go back; they waited 20 years before they made the official sequel. But if you search Django, you'll find literally tons of films that were made in Italy. Some of them are, are, are set in the 1920s gangster movie, stuff like that. But this is the original. You want the one with Franco Nero. They did one sequel that's also him. It's not as highly regarded. But if you've never watched uh, Outside of the Clint Eastwood and the Spaghetti Westerns, this is the one I would go for. I'd actually never watched it until James made me watch it. And then I was home one day. don't remember. It took me forever to get to it. And I finally watched it. And I couldn't stop. It's just, there's so many... I don't know. It just there's, draws there's, you into it. Actually, it says here on the back of it, there's been 50 unofficial sequels to this movie. Yeah, and and, and they just ripped it off because it was such a hit that they just kept stealing it and people won't stop walking above us. Um, sorry. But Blue Underground, this is the version that Blue Underground remastered and they went back to the original footage. Um, this came out in 66, uh, but so many people know the, the, uh, the title because of Quentin Tarantino. It came out what year? 66. And if you add three to that? 69. Yeah! <laughs> How about you anyway, add two to it? Um, I can't do that kind of math. Anyway. 71? No. <laughs> 68. You blow me and I owe you one. <laughs> For the kids. Anyway, um, but this is a film that you, you don't should let me check do that out. anymore. Corbucci uh, <laughs> made some other films that other people like. The Great Silence is one of them. Never the hit that Sergio Leone was in America. No. But this is definitely what I would call a classic Western. Um, it's yeah. just it's just fascinating to watch, and the visuals are so strong. It's simplistic. It's just the visuals and the, the other and thing Franco that Miro, if you are a Tarantino fan, and I don't want to give too much of the movie away, but if you like a certain key scene in Reservoir Dogs, watch this movie because Tarantino loves this movie. Not only did he quote unquote update it change the story but not only did he update it 
But the scene in Reservoir Dogs that most people remember came from this movie. Um, the scene where Harvey Cattell's brushing his hair in the bathroom. Oh no, no, no! The scene where he asks, asks Mister White, or Mister White, asks Mister uh, Blonde if he remembered to get the French fries with his Coke. Oh, with his soda. No, you remember to get the French fries? Oh, was it the scene? That was the scene on the roof of Tim, Tim Roth and Samuel no, Jackson? No, it's a tipping scene. Sam there's, an entire, scene. there's an entire. Oh, that wasn't <laughs> Sam Jackson. Dang, sorry. The, the entire scene. Of the tipping came from this movie. It comes out left field. They just cut to a place. What do you mean you don't tip? They have that entire scene. And the, no, no, it does. Tarantino loves this movie. So if you like Tarantino, if you've enjoyed any of his films, check out Django. Chad's up. All let's right. make fun of Chad. Yeah, let's make fun of me. I think this is a hidden gem. So. <laughs> With no idea how this so can help go, me by if the this way. Is space Jam. <laughs> no, it's not Space Jam. <laughs> So, uh, the only R. Kelly song that you can talk about now. Universal Treasure. Piss on that. <laughs> Universal Treasure. Um, oh, amazing actor. Amazing is, comedian. Is Bill Murray. Mel Williams? No, I'm going to be talking about Quick Change. <laughs> you had it on your list? No, it almost made it. <laughs> but I, I couldn't figure out what you were going to do, if it was going to be that or the... Uh, you're absolutely right. By yeah. the way, I commend you. No one... No one, no one remembers Quick Change. Nobody remembers Quick Change. Out of everything, every movie Bill Murray's done, I would say Quick Change is one of one of the better films that nobody remembers. No one remembers. And um, no, it was kind of funny when I was doing my list. Right away, one of the jam movies James is going to bring up was my number one. I'm like, oh, James is going to bring that one up. Take it away. And then another movie that James kind of rough and ruined. I was gonna bring up, and I'm like, so I'm like, no, Joe's gonna bring that up. Well, I decided not to bring it up for other reasons. So oh. you're gonna bring it up. You bring it up. Um, but no, Quick Change was my was one of, was definitely at number one compared to the one I, I took off my list because of James. So what is? Let's I'm let's. I'm the moon-faced assassin of Joe. <laughs> no, I love both movies equally. Let's talk about the cast real quick. So Bill Murray, Gina Davis, Randy Quaid. Pre Gonzo nuts, yeah. <laughs> Pre YouTube video, yeah. And let's face it, he was probably nuts back then. It's just pre YouTube. He, he was a pre. He was a pretty hot commodity. Uh, and then Jason Robards, amazing, yep. talented. Uh, you know, rest in peace, Jason Robards. And then smaller Tony Shalhoub's is it? Tony Shalhoub is the taxi driver. Yeah. Um, so Tony we'll, Shalhoub plays the taxi driver. Go on. <laughs> Have you not seen Shocker. Change? I, no, not that I know of. This James! Is, no one saw it. It came out and blew When bombed. did it come out? I think Nin it came in 90. 89 or 90, I was going to say. Because here's my comment on that, and I was going to bring this up, because I almost brought up Where the Buffalo Roam, because I think if you do like Hunter S. Thompson on movies, that you kind of need to see that You need one. to see it, but I don't know that it's I, a good I, movie. I don't think but that a... being said, it's amazing to me that I hope Bill Murray... I wouldn't want to work with him. Sorry, Bill. Um, I, I, would, I would if I had a chance. Uh, but... It's, I'd it, want to party with him. Really. Yeah, no, I'd love to hang out. I don't know if I want to work with him. That's two different relationships. Bill Murray, but, by chance you watch it, come over here sit on the couch with us for a Yeah, hour. yeah. Make fun of me. Go ahead. Um, My mom does. No. Um, anyway, uh, but I was just saying, there's a, an entire subsect of relatively good to really good films that Bill Murray has done that people don't know. As big as he is, there's a lot of people that have no idea about some of his films. Well, Quick yeah. Change is also co-directed by him. Oh, I'd see. I was gonna look up all this information. I didn't have it. He didn't direct it all, but he co-directed. Yeah, who and, 
it it's the same guy that directed later larger than life Ooh. but I don't know his name I want to say Howard Deutsch but that's not it Howard Franklin Howard Franklin oh, damn uh, if I wasn't close no but um Howard Deutsch directed and I love I love how it's put together <laughs> because what it's like the first 20 minutes is an it's, actual, a, it's a robbery it's a robbery it's it's a bank heist film with Bill Murray dressed as a clown. You know, I seem to maybe I did see this. It's been a long time. It would have um, been like early nineties. Yeah. So I rewatched it last year and it still hold up. Oh yeah, I watched it. I think I watched it last year too. And um and then after uh, so there's the bank heist and then the rest of the movie is basically just a a night movie of what everything happens in one night of them trying to get out of New York, New York City, City. City with this money before they get arrested and just one thing after another happens. They're crooks. They're hey, crooks. Watch it's their heads explode. So it's kinda like Trapped in Paradise. Oh, James. <laughs> in the sense of this James. is funny. I don't even know it is a comedy, but it is you know, it's not a laugh out loud kind of comedy. I, you really think so? Because there's several scenes there's where I laugh out loud. Especially scenes. with Tony Shalhoub, who is one of the most underappreciated actors character actors in American history. Probably. Everybody More thinks of. everybody remembers him from Monk. Yeah. But his, Monk and Wings. Yeah. But his his movie career as as you know a supporting actor is amazing. But anyway, quick change. Just an amazing film. There's plenty of laughs. Randy Quaid is amazing. I don't think you could go wrong with this. And I, I think I I saw the sign. Her name's Phyllis, right? It's Phyllis. Crap! I almost remembered all their names, character names. <laughs> I can't remember. Doesn't matter. Keep going. But no, I just... I, well, the, Haley's throwing a thumbs Phyllis? up. Phyllis? Yeah, yeah. So, the but the plot is, is they're the ones robbing the bank, yeah, and they're, they're dressed the ones, up as other people, and yeah. they sneak out with the release of the hostages. Right. With the money strapped to them. Right. And then they are going to get on a plane, and then every... they So they completely pull one over. Jason Robards is the yes. cop. They completely pull one over all of, all of New York City's police, right? right? That's right, the part right. you're probably leaving out. And then what happens? They get away with it and then can't get out of New right, York City. Right, yeah, just everything that could possibly go wrong. Go wrong, goes wrong. Yeah. All the way up into the plane. Right. Yeah. And even still, the plane... And even, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, yeah. Nice little twist. Not a twist ending, but... but it's a, nice, a slightly twist it's ending. It's a slightly it. twist ending. Um, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. And the fact that nobody remembers this and the fact that nobody it bombed... I don't even remember it coming out in the theater. I do, but I, nobody would take me to see yeah, it. And I, I got to see Ghostbusters too, but not that. Um, and I, I wish I, I was going to do more research about what came out that same weekend. And well, I didn't be, get a chance to. That'd be cool. I don't know why. There's a couple of the movies that I don't think people remember with Bill Murray. There's uh, The Razor's Edge. That was the drama he did over Somerset. But that's why he, and that's why he did Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, and so they let him do that. No one remembers that one. Actually, I don't, I've only seen scenes from it. Um, where the Buffalo Roam, where he played that, and then Quick Change, I think is three. But well, and then the uh, the Moon movie. Yeah, yeah. What's the name of that? At Long Last Love or something like something that. Something like that. Yeah, that never got released. And and I accidentally, I'm the one of the few people who DVR'd and happened to catch it on the Turner Classic Movies one time it played up too. And it may be one of the two, and and he doesn't get enough credit for this one because he it's his scene and one other scene that is the best parts of coffee and cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's he with the Wu-Tang Clan, yes, right? Yes, he's with the Wu-Tang Clan. Wu-Tang Clan. Right, yeah. So, yeah, that's my... I You know, I think more people will remember that because of Jim Jarmusch. 
Yeah. Yeah. Probably. And that's why it's not it's not a hidden gem because people uh, people still talk about coffee and cigarettes to this day, but nobody talks about. And Ghost Dog came up by the way on three different lists, and I argue to this day that Ghost Dog is not a good movie. I don't get understand. I liked Ghost. I liked scenes in it. I like it. I liked it. It, It's slow and. Oddly enough, Jim Jarmusch probably directed Bill Murray in his best performance. Oh. uh... Space Jam. The one where he's trying to find <laughs> Not the one, Broken Flowers. Broken Flowers. Not the one he was nominated for the Oscar. No, I was the one where he's no, trying I know, to find his son. The, yeah. Yeah. No, that, God, that's, 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 that's my movie. favorite Bill Murray yeah. performance is Broken Flowers. Yep. All right. Oh, God, that's good. That's Hidden Jim, too. Is that one hidden? I don't know. I More don't than Quick Change. I don't know if most people. It's not Quick Change, Hidden Jim, because people don't know. Because if one of all the three people in this area haven't seen it, no offense, Haley. Yeah, because I've talked to people about Quick Change, and they're like, what's that? And I'm like, Bill Murray. I've never heard of it. So that's why, that was why it was number one on my list. So what do you got, Joe? All right, so I'm a big Carpenter fan, so part of me wanted to scream out. But the thing is, about the thing, with John Carpenter's The Thing came out in 1982, either two weeks before or two weeks after E.T., crushed it and everybody wanted to see an alien who you know was cute, fluffy cute lovable. And lovable and john carpenter made everybody throw up that summer but 82 has had documentaries about it of all the great movies so i don't want to spend a lot because i feel the thing has gotten its due over the last say, oh, God, yeah. and here's why i won't consider that, the thing a hidden gem that me either i'm getting i'm telling no, you no, all this to go. but there, you have an action figure somewhere over here of the thing. It's on the behind I'm going to go ahead and say, if you've got an action figure made of your movie, and it came out after your movie came out, that's not hidden gym. It's not anymore. It was, and it isn't. Yeah. yeah Makes it, sense? It was discovered, finally. It was discovered, and has, I think, probably in the last 15 or 20 years, been loved. And yeah. especially in the last 10, has been loved on. So much so that they made a prequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's another reason why it's not a hidden gem. What do you yeah. think? Yeah. Even though the prequel sucked. However, I was going through the catalog and I was like, well, i got to throw a Carpenter film. Which one is really, really good that no one talks about anymore? And this is going to make James's day. Please tell me you're not going to bring up Memoirs of an Invisible Man. It totally is Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Oh, no. man. I don't think anybody talks about it in the Mouth of Madness. Oh, I thought he actually was going to bring up Memoirs of an Invisible Man. That is my argument. And, I, and you, I, I was waiting for you all to push back on this, but no one ever brings up oh, in no, the Mouth no. of Madness. No, nobody talks no. about that. And, and it came mouth- out... And it was bombed. No one would have yeah. saw it. What'd you say? In the Mouth of Madness, I it's a special place in my heart. But actually, an ex-girlfriend introduced me to it. Because I hadn't seen it. And she was like, no, no, no. I watch this movie at least once a month. You've got to come over and watch it. And we watched it. At the time, I was a huge Carpenter fan. When yeah. it came out, I knew it was coming out. Uh, my mom and dad had split up. So I got to go to the movies a lot on Friday nights or Saturdays after school. And... I, it never played, it was called Fugits back home. It was never there. I, to my knowledge, I never got I to think, see it. I yeah. had to watch it when it came out on video. So, for people who haven't seen it, Sam Neill. I was about to go into it. It's, it is written, is written by Michael DeLuca. Michael DeLuca is famous for basically, he wrote uh, several films, but he actually became a producer and ran New Line Cinema for a while yeah. and then left New Line and has done other things and has worked at different studios and been a huge producer in Hollywood. But he wrote the screenplay. It's directed by John Carpenter. It stars Sam Neill. Now listen to this. Case. Oh, actually, I didn't write them all down, but I can remember them all. Sam Neill. Uh, Dave um, uh, Charlton Heston's in it. John Bernie, Glover. John Glover's in it. If you're a big fan of John Glover. and everybody, we know Haley is. Everybody here I. is. 
I love John. John Glover's in it. He plays the guy over the institution. Yeah. David yeah. Uh, yeah. David Warner. David yes. Warner's the guy who's in who's in, who's interrogating him or asking him about the question uh, what and what happened. So. And I'm missing some other person. One other. Person. Oh, there's. It's got a phenomenal cast. There's, uh, and there's a bunch of. If you're a fan of Carpenter, there's a lot of his troupe that are in there that are in cameos. Yeah. So anyway, it is basically Lovecraft without the name Lovecraft. On it's, it. it's Lovecraft written by Stephen King, except they can't use the name Stephen King. Or Lovecraft. Or Lovecraft. And I would actually argue the fact it's much more. They even. So what it's about is about an insurance investigator played by Sam Neill. Who in who in basically investigates fraud and he gets paid to do this, and he's brought in because this guy who's a writer and the line is in the movie his name's Sutter Kane, played by Jurgen Prochnow. Sorry, yes, Jurgen Prochnow, who's a famous German actor, who is best known for Judge Dredd. <laughs> yeah, not I Das Boot. I was gonna actually go with Das Boot. Uh, Fest. No, House of the Dead. He yeah. plays Captain Kirk. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, no. Anyway, just dread. No. Even I feel guilty saying that. Is in it. And he plays an author named Sutter Kane. Sutter Kane's went missing. All the comments are Sutter Kane has, uh, is bigger than Stephen King. The comments all the way through it. Yeah. Clearly, a lot of this is allusions to James' right to King, but mainly Lovecraft. I mean, there's Hobbes End, yeah. which is a throw out to, uh, I think it's 1 million BC, which is a, that's a quarter, main, quarter mass. Yeah. Quarter mass in the pit. And then there's Pikmin, one of the characters' names like Pikmin's Which Quartermass model. in the Pit is one of John Carpenter's favorites, right? And have you ever watched Quartermass in the Pit? It's yes, one of I my watched, favorites, too. I watched too. it with you, Joe. Oh, did you like it? Yeah, I like it. was okay. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> but they're telling them what to do, and they're like, bugs! Oh, no. We watched and it. they're British! <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's one of his favorites. So you can see a lot of influence from, from his... From what he loves and from his childhood, so he's hired to investigate the the, and then he has to go on the the book company sends a lady with him. They have to go through New England. Where is Stephen King from? Where is all everything that Lovecraft written? Idaho, right? He's from Idaho. <laughs> Idaho. He loves Idaho. Love to look potatoes. for this town that doesn't matter because he he finds kind of a map. And people were going crazy reading Sutter Kane. The, one of the first because movies the opening, is coming. I would say because the opening of the uh, of when he first gets the yeah. assignment, a man with an axe almost kills him. Comes through the window. Right. Right. And he's a fan of Sutter Kane. And it's actually Do Sutter, you read Sutter, Sutter Kane is his editor. So he goes up through there with her, and they find the town that doesn't exist anymore. That's not on any maps. And one thing leads to another, and I don't want to give away too much plot, yeah. but it's all basically Lovecraft and paranoia, and it has great in-jokes, like the movies being made, or, or if you don't go crazy, well, if you don't read, then how are you going to go before the movie comes out next week? It's going to drive well, them crazy. Well, and one thing that I give that movie is the sound. The sound, and by the, the way... The, the bicycle. Yes. Bicycle. bicycle sound. Soundtrack, uh, the score is by John Carpenter and Jim Lang, the famous guitarist, by the way. It is... Uh, Joe. What? The famous what? Guitarist. Guitarist. <laughs> the famous get fiddlest. <laughs> Whatever. Keep get making fiddlest. fun of my accent, you inbred hill I have one, too. It was just <laughs> listening to us. And guitar. I can't. Every time I talk, I sound like I'm having an asthma attack. <laughs> it goes all Dennis oh, Hopper the, what's Dennis the Hopper blue velvet on What's the character from Bob's Burger the kid normal size Rudy or whatever or little Rudy I'll be okay I just need my 
inhaler. Nobody around here watch Bob's Burgers. I watch Bob Bur- Bob's Burgers. I don't watch I Bob's Burgers. It's either Lil Rudy or normal sized Rudy. The fact there's two characters named Rudy, <laughs> and that's what they call him. Now, there's other Carpenter films that I like that he made after The Mouth of Madness. There's Vampires I like very much. Uh, there's a Masters of Horror that I... I, I uh, cigarette Burns. when James Woods... Because I was going to mention that Cigarette Burns is kind of like Mouth of Madness in some ways. In a very... Yeah. And also to mention, he did three movies that he calls his trilogy of... of um, the Apocalypse. The end apocalypse of the trilogy. Yeah. The, the End of the World. And it's The Thing... Um, Prince of Darkness. Prince of Darkness. Thank you, Chad. You're welcome. And In the Mouth, Mouth of Madness. Madness. And out of those three, of course, the thing is Carpenter's best film. But In the Mouth of Madness was is beautifully shot. It's the last Carpenter film that I thought looked like a Carpenter film. Carpenter. And Does that I make love, sense to you all? Yes. I love, and I don't want to give it away, but I love the ending of that film. I do, too. Like, just, oh, it's just fun. Like, it's just, and the world's gone, and not to give anything away, but we just said well, it's part of the, the apocalypse but, trilogy. But the character's reaction to that. Yes. And, and what he chooses to do as the last, I guess, kind of survivor. The same. Yeah. Maybe. The last yeah. person that's not been taken over to. Whatever it is. It, yeah. If you get a chance, go out and check it out. Even if you're not a Carpenter fan, I feel if you're a horror movie fan or you like Lovecraft or King, or even if you like. Uh, post-apocalyptic literature, things like that, check out In the Mouth of Madness. Plus, it's got a great freaking title. Yeah. Well, and it just keeps going. Like, I'm flashing back to different scenes. Now, in now, it, now I want to watch it, actually. Yeah, I'm no, sitting here so, talking yeah, about yeah. it. And then y'all mentioned, we stopped uh, recording y'all mentioned Quartermass you, in the Pit, and I'm like, now I want to watch that, Yeah, too. yeah, it's over there on the shelf. I may still. So I really, really, really enjoy uh, Mouth of Madness, and I feel like it's the Carpenter film. If I ever, I've met him twice. If I ever get to meet him again, that'll be the poster I get signed. Because, yeah, no, it's it's like I said, it has a place in my heart because of when I saw it and stuff like that. But also, it's just that bicycle thing, man. And it's nobody that remembers sound. it. Bicycle. It's that, nobody remembers queen. it. Queen. Queen. I don't even think they've even done really a special edition of it. They did a steel box thing, but as far as a you know a whole shout factory kind. Of, oh yeah, but no, I don't even know if you can find Quick Change on DVD. Only <laughs> reason I saw it was because it was uh, we had a free time and it was on um, Encore on oh, one yeah. of their many Encore stations. I like Quick Change. Can I do no, I'm gonna say that's how I saw uh, In God We Trust with. Um, that's how I saw it too with Andy Kaufman because it it came on and uh, what's his name Igor. Uh, Marty, Marty Feldman. Feldman. Marty Feldman. Marty Feldman and and, and Richard Pryor's in that. Yeah. And they did not it a on, good movie, but a great cast. Uh, well, and there's parts in it that I absolutely love. But it came on 3 a.m. on H, one of the HB, various HBOs. And check occasionally if you have HBO, some of the HBOs. There's one that, at 3 a.m. they'll show some obscure movie from the 70s or 80s. Yeah. And it's always great cast, but just stuff that disappeared. Yeah. <clears throat> James! Um... All right, I have my second one, which will be my last one. I'm going to go ahead and do... It's your last one? For this episode. Except we're doing two episodes. All right. Session nine. She said, remember, two, two, and three? Do you I not mean, you could do three the... if you I want. I listened to Haley. You obviously didn't. I did, too. I just didn't. I just misunderstood the directions. There's a, there's a difference between listening and being an idiot. So this film is called Session Nine. 
The review on the back says that it's deliciously disturbing, the most terrifying psychological thriller since the Blair Witch Project, according to U.S. Weekly. Session 9, one of the things that makes this movie so effective... David Caruso. Yep, David Caruso. <laughs> ...is the setting. And the true story behind this is the setting is an actual insane asylum that they were tearing down. Uh, I forget the name of the insane asylum, but they were actually getting ready to tear it down. Cuckoo Bonkers and... <laughs> Incorporated. No, it, it's in Canada. Um, Part of hey, the show. Yeah, they, they, they restored what they could, but they actually had this place, and the actual layout of it was like a giant bat. So if you took a picture of this from from the air, it looked like a giant bat. It had wings that came down. Like... <laughs> <laughs> they know they're amongst their oh, own. Oh, sorry. We're, we um, love Deadwood. But... Um, Obscure it reference. is a horror movie that is not. There's nothing. I don't want to give too much away. Yeah, you, but is there's there, no blood and guts. It's yeah, but right. it is all psychological. It's set in the uh, Danvers State Mental Hospital, is what they call it in the movie. It's been closed for 15 years. They're getting ready to tear it down, which they did tear down part of it in reality. Uh, some of it was saved for historic purposes because it was actually a historic asylum. But it's about the crew that has to go in and take out the stuff before they can tear it down. Asbestos. Yeah, the asbestos. They're an asbestos removal um, crew. So they're a, a hazmat elimination company. And they have to go in, they have to take out anything that when they uh, tear it down or burn part of it down or whatever they have to do, it won't put stuff into the air or cause contamination water and all that stuff. And all it tracks is them for five days, which is what they've got. That's part of the plot of the movie is we've got five days, we got to get in, we got to get out, we're running out of time already. And it's the crew for five days in this asylum. One of them takes a break um, and begin, finds these old tapes. And there's set nine sessions of the tape. And he listens to some whenever he has a break. And it's this person being counseled. And without going too much further, there, this place... And this place did exist. This place is just naturally a creepy place. It is a disturbing place to look at in real life. It was, probably, it was Brad Anderson's first and best film. Well, Brad um, Anderson went on to direct a movie. Well, go ahead, finish, James, and I'll... But, yeah, the entire plot is in, as they tear down this film, you start to find more out about them, and he keeps listening to the tapes. And it builds to a crescendo, I guess. That's a good way to put it. Is, it's just constant tension, constant tension, and they've got stuff going on in their lives, and they've got this job they've got to get done, and this place is already falling apart, and it, they're hazmats, so they're and already at risk. And they've all got different things that they don't get along with. It's a group that knows each other outside, yep. so it's all character-driven. And they don't they don't all get along, and it's, right. they've got a younger guy that they think is, you know, and they throw out all these. Yeah. So this, there's all this, this interplay of characters, but the real horror of it, really, what, you think the last three minutes? Uh, probably the last 10, last 10 or 15, it builds and builds and, and builds. the last line of this movie is when I quote every Halloween. If you're friends with me on Facebook, I always quote movies. And the last line of this movie, I think, almost takes the air out of your lungs. I mean, it's just... What is it again? Um, <laughs> you don't remember? <laughs> no, I do know it. It's the... Uh, uh, that's where the... The uh, floor room? Where the deer. The, it's, it's from the tape, and without giving too much away, but the last line of the tape is, you find this the, the, the character on the tape allegedly had multiple personalities, and they one is a little girl, and one is the killer. Uh -huh. And the last line is, um, they think they're talking to the little girl, and then the killer's voice comes back, 
and says that's where the, and it's a great line, and I'm delivering it wrong, but basically that's where the fear and the something live. Yeah. And and then it just, you get the closing scene. Spooky. Which wraps it all up. And, the and, and it's kind of a twist and kind of not of a twist. Yeah, it, it is a twist. If ending, you go back and watch it, you can say, yeah, I should have saw that coming. Should have saw it coming, but you but don't. You don't. you don't. And it's all because it's just one or two characters. And it is it is psychological. It's not the Blair Witch Project. It's the, They compare it to the Blair Witch Project in the review. But this it's is, like to Witch me, Project. other than being psychological, because I think um, the Blair Witch Project is psychological, but then pays <coughs> off with a witch yeah. or, or something. This pays off so much differently. Brent Anderson's, that's probably not his most well-known film, which is unfortunate. It's probably it's the Machinist film. But it's his best film. The, and no, did, The Machinist is his best-known film. It's, it's the best-known film, and it really, it's it's a, not a bad movie, but I never understood how great it is other than Christian Bale's performance and losing a lot yeah, of weight. Yeah, that's it. Uh, everything in that movie is predictable. Everything in that movie is extremely the, predictable, the whereas I think member. Session 9 is, is, is one of those unknown gems that we knew, we found... <sighs> Outside of each other, right? Or yeah. did you introduce I, it to me? Yeah, I was about to say this was I watched one, it with you. This really? is the one that yes. I found, and it was in the three ninety nine bin. Did you introduce it to yes. us too? Yes, yes. Oh, because it was in the three ninety nine bin at Onkyo, and I can say I, I agree. I don't remember how we watched, but I know I watched no, it with no, you. It was, it was in three ninety nine bin, and I kept going, "What's well, cool cover? It's cool cover." And I finally just picked it up. And if I remember correctly, you were like, "Yeah, cool cover. That probably is gonna suck." And you didn't want to watch it for a long time because it was like, no, no, I watch it. You need to watch this. You need to watch this. And I loaned it to you, and I think you had it for about a month before you all watched it. That is it. not unusual. <laughs> no. So yes, but it is. Uh, yeah, it's just a. Uh, it is. It an, is. It is it an is. undiscovered gem for most. And people. in my opinion, it's the only Brad Anderson movie because most Brad Anderson does the M Night Shyamalan, where all of his movies have a twist. It's the only one where I haven't been able to predict the twist. Yeah, there's one. The the last one was on with, Netflix. Kid Bacon. Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale. I didn't care for that. Uh, no. Well, the one with Woody see... Harrelson on the train. Was it called? Uh, oh, nuts. Yeah. I... Hey, Haley, you waving? Oh, I thought you knew something. Um, okay. David Caruso is probably the biggest name. Peter Mullen, Brendan Sexton, the third. Peter Mullen's also in another great, undes- un- that a movie that doesn't get enough uh, dog soldiers. Yeah, yeah. Stephen Jividen. Jividen, uh, and then Josh Lucas. That's the cast. Josh Lucas was probably a few years right there. Yeah. Was probably the most famous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a, would have been a time. But, yeah. So what now? All right. She, she wants, wants you to check hold your phone. Oh. I thought she wanted to check your phone. What's on his phone? Oh, I live in the weak and wounded, Doc. That's the last line. I live in the weekend. That is a good line. That was nowhere near close. <coughs> no, you said, I, buddy. it's been that so is not long. A, it is not my favorite line, though. My favorite line in movie history is from Killer Mockingbird. Um, <laughs> but anyway, no, FYI, that is. I, I don't know, know if you knew that or not. That is, thank you, Haley. The one that absolutely. Because I would have remembered it. Take the air out of it. Killer Mockingbird. Because I do quote it all the time. It's when uh, Atticus gets up to walk out of the courtroom and the lady makes uh, Scout stand up. You stand up. Your daddy's walking out. I just see it gets me right then. Just uh, there's when you when you take everything else that's happened up until that point. Yeah, yeah. That is not a hidden gem. No, no. But <laughs> yeah, it takes the air out no, of me every time I line. think about it. Okay. But so, yeah, so session nine and Django will be my two for the first one. All right, John Landis. What is he known for? 
It's covered. Roll up in London. It's what else? In uh, Animal House. Oddly, isn't it funny that he does all these horror stuff? And he's talked about it because yeah. I know what you're going to do now. But he does all these horror stuff, and he really only ever made two. Yeah. The rest of and that's yeah. not where his money came from. And you know he's also Animal House, Blues Brothers, Brothers Spies Like Nobody Us. Nobody talks Freddy about places. Oscar. Shoot, I thought you were going to do Innocent Blood. Nope, going to bring up because Oscar. Because I like Innocent Blood. I like Innocent Blood too, but I like Oscar more. I, I watched House, Oscar a couple House. of months ago, by the way. It was on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, who's still in, funny. Yeah. Oh, God. Oscar is hilarious. It's one of these movies that nobody talks about, and the star of it is Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone, in an actual good comedy. <laughs> was not was not his first choice. No. Who was, was his it? first choice? I don't remember. I was going to ask you. I was just reading about this. I don't think he's ever been pleased with the movie. Who, John Landis? Yes. We'll see. Uh, who else is in it? Tim Curry. Yep. Harry Shearer. Yep. I peeked up Haley. Um, oh, I'm blanking. The lady from Dallas. Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei. Um, it is an amazing cast. Adrian. And uh, Kurtwood Smith. Kurtwood Smith's in it. Uh, Adrian's in it. Yep. She's at the end, right? Yep. Tally Shire. Talia Shire. Um, a lot of people from... Oh, Peter from from Animal House. Peter Riegert is in it. Yep. Plays the, the door guy. Yep. Um, so Oscar. The best part about Oscar is it pretty much takes place in two or three sets. William Atherton's in it. Oh, yeah, he is. I forgot about that. It's one of the bankers. Yep, yep, yep. William, William I made a living playing an asshole Atherton. Atherton. Um... No, it's just, it's a great... Joe did the same thing. <laughs> I wouldn't know that I made 11. So, um, so <laughs> what is it? He does it pro bono. <laughs> oh, and uh, Kirk Douglas. Yeah, Kirk Douglas is in it. Um, all five minutes. Pre-stroke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but Oscar. So it is a movie where Sylvester Stallone plays a mob boss who has vowed to go straight. And it is, uh, it all takes place in one day. Yep. And it's his attempt to finally go legit. Yep. Because it was his dying father, who's played by Kirk Douglas's, Douglas's wish, wish to, for him to go straight. So he vows to go straight. And it's just one thing after another that this man, this guy who's been working for him as an accountant, comes in, wants to marry his daughter, mm -hmm. admits that he's been stealing money from him for years. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then, you know, there's also the, the FBI is mm -hmm. constantly uh, observing him because they do not believe this whole legit yeah. thing is going down. And then there's some issues with money and, and two tailors who played by Harry Shearer and the other amazing uh, character actor whose name I'm blanking on I right don't now. Remember and who I looked it, it up either. before I came Stan here. Is it not, it's not Stanley Tucci, is it? No, it's not Stanley Tucci. Um, oh, who's the other guy? <laughs> he's the one that's eaten by the dinosaur in Jurassic Park. Yes, he's the one that's eating by the, eaten by the dinosaur in the T-Rex. the attorney yes. in Jurassic Park. Um, on the toilet, nonetheless. Yeah. Even though he's not technically on the toilet, he's just ran there to hide. Anyway, that's where I go hide. That's I, where I do my best. Not way not. I know that wasn't. I think John Land, um, John Landis is one of those underappreciated directors, in my opinion. I know a lot of his movies are known, but people don't know that it was him that did them. I think that he's quoted a lot and yeah. probably not given the credit for I, for, for where that came. I from. agree, and yeah. I feel like Oscar, much like Bill Murray's Quick Change, is just one of those movies. And my personal opinion is, I think Sylvester Stallone nailed it in that movie in terms of comedic timing. I'm almost positive I read an article where he was not crazy about Sylvester Stallone. And I want to say it was like Al Pacino or somebody like that was originally going to play off. But I, I think he did just... Sylvester Stallone as a... Sylvester Stallone I agree comedies. with you. I like it. I, yeah. I, I saw it. I was 
I was the one who saw it in the theater. Yeah. I, I did not see it. I did not get to I see was it in the, the theater. It was, uh, I did not know about it till many years later when I found it and said, oh, John Landis, Sylvester mm-hmm. Stallone. And then, of course, Tim Curry, um, who is one of, I don't know about you, but a, the triangle here, it's one of our favorite actors. <laughs> I mean, he's all right. <laughs> I still want to do it. I'm movie. trying to think of a really, do you ever see McHale's Navy? I was going to say, yeah, you're going to break up McHale's Navy, aren't you? I, I still want to do a movie and just take all the people that play weird, eccentric bad guys over the years. Yeah. I talked about this for years. I wanted to call it the Freak League. It'll be Christopher Walken, Tim Curry. Uh, it would have been a bunch of other people that are now dead because they didn't sign up for my yeah. movie. Not that I killed them. They just got old. Do you have a plot uh, for the Freak League? Doesn't need one. <laughs> oh, literally. It was Brad Dourif. Were, I think you said Brad Dourif. Brad Dourif yeah. needs to be in it. Yeah, if you were in a movie. Oh, Ron and, Perlman. Uh, and I literally Jeffrey just, Combs. Yeah. Yeah. And I, if you were in a movie theater going, hey, listen, and it literally was just those choo, guys lined choo, up. Choo, yeah. choo, choo. Just see it. But it, <laughs> You're right. Yeah, I mean, literally just. I'll give you the yeah. money to make it. I'll do the famous, I just want to see it. I know, yeah. I'm getting off, I'm getting off uh, Sorry. where we're not talking about Oscar. But no, I'm going to bring up Tim Curry again about how great he is. Um, another uh, An underappreciated hidden gem of a TV show is the animated series Duckman. Starring Jason Alexander. Yeah. And Jason and Duckman's arch nemesis is a villain called King Chicken. And King Chicken is voiced by Tim Curry. And there is a scene, there's a, there, uh, King Chicken can, uh, somehow manages to get Tim Curry, or a uh, Duckman, to uh, this town. And it turns out it's King Chicken's hometown and it's infested with a, uh, the chick, uh, several different, all these chickens, and every one of the chickens is voiced by Tim Curry and some other, <laughs> and he does, and each one is done in a different way, and it is he nailed it. It's like it's him at least twenty times doing twenty different voices in each one. Some of them you can tell it's him, but then there are some that it doesn't sound anything like him. Like oh my god, this is so amazing. Highly recommend it. Duckman, King Chicken. I remember Duckman, but I don't remember the episode. <laughs> And he, he was now like, I want to see it though. Yeah, I'll bring it over. I have the entire series on DVD. Of course you do. <laughs> Is it behind cops? No, completely different. Alphabetic order. By the way, Duckman was created by the people who did Rugrats. Oscar. <laughs> was not Oscar bait. No, um, it is just a great movie that takes place. All in basically one or two rooms. It, it could really be almost a stage play. Yeah. It's it, a stage and play. And that's essentially what it is. And it's one set, and you clearly can see that it's on the back lot somewhere. Yeah. Especially when they're when it's actually on the when it shows them out in the streets. Yeah, that's a, it's clearly a set. It's clearly an on uh, they're in the studio. Somewhere, back lot somewhere. Yeah, but when they're in the house, you don't even realize that all the movie it puts you into it so much with what's going on, you don't even realize, oh, it's basically Three areas. There's his office, the doorway to the house, and then the garden in the back of the house. No. That's it. And no movie uses the Barbara Seville better. That's the opening to the movie, people. And then it plays all the way through it in different spots. Oh, that's true. It does. No movie uses the Barbara Seville better. No. So if. My my two were comedies. Uh, when we do this again, I'm going to bring up more modern movies. Well, I'm going to bring up a couple of old movies, too. What time? Where were you at? Do you want me to do a third one? You do? Well, I don't... I have a whole list here. Do you what, want me to do a newer do one, one or an we'll old one? We'll do another one. We get another episode. I say, I say do a newer one. A newer one? Ex Machina. I don't agree with that being a hidden gem. Why? I don't hear anybody people... talk about it. Really? No. Do you? 
Well, I'm so sorry. I don't need to walk around in different in different. It's more of I, you know. I think it has a cult following. I don't think it's a. Who's the cult? I've not met them. Have you seen it? I've seen it. Have you seen it? They show up at hoods once a week. <laughs> Have you seen it? They, they burn. Obviously, she's seen it. No, she said people talk about. it. Have you seen Ex Machina? It's on my list. I have not. Oh, I told you. She got me. But it's on my list. I haven't heard of any of these others yet. Well, it's written and directed by Alex Garland. Alex Garland is a writer. He wrote for Danny Boyle for years. 28 Days Later, Sunshine. Uh, he wrote the, oh, here is a hidden gem that in the last few years it came out that nobody saw. Dread. He wrote Dread. I don't, yeah, it is. I guess it could be a hidden gem. It's out of them, all the comic book movies nobody ever talks about, it, and it's one of the best. Oh, Carl I Urban. loved Dread. I, I loved Dread. I just said it was one of the best. I, I rewatched it a couple of months ago. I, I don't even remember. I was down here for something, and I put it on. And I stopped what I was doing and watched it again. Yeah, no. I don't know that it's a masterpiece, but it's, it's not a masterpiece. I mean, oh, it's... but it 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 nails the. the so did Dread, get Dread, Dread came correct? from 2000 AD. Dread never takes off his mask. Dread, that was a, one of the big things people hate about the Stallone version of Judge Dread. He, yeah, he only he never wore that damn helmet. It um, was every excuse for him not to wear that helmet. So which, we're like, uh, I'm sure it was 90 percent the studio. And yeah, because we had to see Sylvester Stallone's contact lenses. Um, stupid. Oh, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but see what we'll do is add hold on, Armand Desante. It'll make it so much better. Um, that's my best Armand Desante impersonation. That's, that's, that's good, Chad. Should I do some strip tease? Yeah. I'd rather you didn't. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, think that, I, I think that Dread is is um, it, it got the aesthetic of so Dread comes from 2000 AD was a British. We've gotten totally off. I know. I know. We were but anyway, talking about it. But anyway, no. Dread. I just wanted to say that that Dread nailed the tone, which is not something Judge Dread did no. as a movie. It nailed the tone that yeah. I mean, but nobody saw it. I saw it in theaters. I saw uh, we saw it in theaters together. But I'm saying it's a fifty million dollar movie that barely made fifty million worldwide. I know. Which is considered a bomb. Yeah. yeah. Ex Machina. I I didn't see it till it came out on video. It's got Dom Hall Gleason and Oliver Isaacs in it. It's really a small movie that takes place in a small area. And who's the star, though? The uh, What's her name? Tomb Raider. Uh, Haley, say Alexia Vacandes. Vacandes. Haley, say it out loud. Alicia Vacander. That's what Thank I said. You. Damn. Meg Foster plays the woman. <laughs> <laughs> Meg Foster. Looking good. In the and crazy as bet shit nuts as ever. Yep. Plays and they're basically they're invited to a house. Um, Oscar Isaac plays this rich billionaire. Don Hall Gleason's invited there, and he's over. I don't remember the reason, but he gets there, and it's basically for the weekend just to try out this new AI robot that he's built. Yeah, and then the story develops from there. So how does it compare to her? I saw her. I, what I did there? Did yeah, I see what you okay. did there. Did you see her? I've seen her. Yeah, I've seen thirty minutes of her. It's not terrible, but Ex Machina is a good movie. Yes, Ex yeah, Machina yeah. is a good movie. I just wanted to throw Ex out Ex Machina is a good movie. I wanted to throw out the two. I didn't get to see Annihilation, so uh, which no, is his last movie too. that came out. I, yeah. But I, 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 that's funny. All right, well, I've got my other one for next time. Are we good? I guess we're good. All right. So Haley's so giving us the quick, yes, quick recap. <laughs> yes. Which ones did we talk about? Used cars. Quick change. Session nine. In the Mouth of Madness. Oscar. 
What was my other one? Django. 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 Yeah, so if you've not, one. I know. Next Machina is the other one. And Dread. Let's throw in Dread. Dread. Yeah, throw in Dread. Definitely go out and buy it. It's got Carl Urban. Oh, so and good. if you need an excuse to buy it, I bought it when it came in a two pack DVD with Drive Angry with Nicolas Cage, and I got both films on Blu ray for $6. Now. At, at the Walmarts. Drive Angry is written by Todd Farmer. You should come on our show. You're from Kentucky, sir. Answer my Facebook messages. I would also love to talk about Drive Angry because I enjoyed the living daylights. I, I love that. I, like I rewatched it again on with my church friends. one of Stephen King's favorite movies of that year, too. It was I, good. It was fun. It was fun, and it delivered what it promised. He said he was going to drink blood out of a skull, or drink out of the skull of his enemy. How did the movie end, Chad? With him drinking out of the skull. It delivered what it promised, but people. the best part is not Nicolas Cage. The best part no, is William Fichtner, or whatever Fichtner, it is. Yeah, yeah. Fichtner, Fichtner. As the accountant from hell. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which has to be a bad job. So let's add Drive Angry on our list. Let's add Drive Angry to the news. There, you all now have, what, nine? Are we up to nine films, eight films you can watch? Tune in next time when we talk about probably eight or nine more by the yeah, time Eight or nine done. more, because there's a ton of movies out there that just don't get any love. But we love weird stuff. Yeah, and this, this was all over the place. I like that. Yeah, and we didn't. we did not discuss what movies we were going to do with each other. No, no. No, we just came in. All right, well, that's been Bonehead. Thank you so much for tuning in. Tune in next week when we do part two. Electric Boogaloo. Never gets old. Never gets old. It totally gets old. It does not. It's totally old. Love you, Mick. Don't the force be with you. Don't the you besmirch the name of, oh, who, who was in Electric Boogaloo? May Jar Jar Binks and the whole Gungan race burn in hell. <laughs> with G- but not with Jerry Reed. And Jesus Dobby. Christ, you just ended our show with genocide? And what the Dobby. hell's wrong with and Dobby and all the other house elves can also burn with them. I don't understand. People get upset about that. He would have been fine. Once again, that's another character that would have been improved. Dobby, Dobby. Dobby, it's Dobby. It would have been improved if it would have been Jerry Reed. You would have loved it. You would have loved credits. You have just house You can just play this over the credits. Loaded up and (laughs) drunk. We're going to see if we can't stop Baltimore. Baltimore. <laughs> what the heck? Is I happening? believe that's what it would have sounded like. Baltimore. Baltimore. Well, let's go catfishing. <laughs> that good old air here, Baltimore. They called him. Uh, I want to do Amos Moses. How can I do it? They call him Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs>